Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Well... Looks like I started quite a little hubbub here in response to our fascist speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and she is a fascist in every respect. She conducts herself like a fascist. She has body language like a fascist. And that's what she is, a fascist. How many times have I said that? Five times? I'll say 25 times by the end of the program, for those who like to keep count in the liberal media. First, Nancy Pelosi... After the vote, these two phony articles of impeachment, which I'll get to in a moment. After the vote, she just decided, I'm not going to appoint managers to go over to the Senate for the trial. Because I don't like what I'm hearing over there in the Senate from McConnell and others who've already made up their minds. And Chuck Schumer wants witnesses. And I'm going to try and leverage this to try and get Chuck Schumer witnesses in the Senate and control the Senate trial process. And she got this harebrained idea from a harebrained left-wing old man who is still a Harvard Law professor by the name of Lawrence Tribe. He wrote an op-ed suggesting something along these lines. And Nancy Pelosi is anything but an independent thinker. So she and her stupid sidekick, Stumpy Hoyer, said, hey, why not? And so today, by the way, they took a holiday recess and they won't be back till January 7th. So this is what they've done. Let's let's listen. Cut five. Go. When we see uh, the process that is set forth in the Senate, uh, then we'll know the number of managers that we may have to go forward and who that we, who we would choose. So that's what I said last night. That's what I'm saying now. Uh, the. Uh, precedent for this, and I met with my six chairs after some of us were together for a press conference after the votes last night, uh, and we discussed the precedent of it all, and that is in the uh, most recent uh, case. You know, you know, she's very painful to listen to, really, with her spasmatic jaw and her little electronic ends not really synapsing it's just it's it's hard to listen to this woman the botox floating around like mashed potatoes in her forehead her lips falling off her face her teeth coming loose oh mark you shouldn't talk though of course i can and of course i will these people deserve that and a hell of a lot more go ahead an impeachment uh there was uh, a proposal on the floor uh, put together by, in a bipartisan way, 100 senators voted for the process on how they would go forward uh, on the case of... of right, let's stop there. Why does she care what the Senate voted on? 
she's the Speaker of the House, and really the Speaker of the Democrats in the House. It's none of her business. The sole power for conducting a trial is in the Senate. So why is she involved in the, in the Senate? Because she's colluding with Schumer and the Democrats, and they think this is clever. This has never been done in American history either, to try and use an impeachment in the House as leverage to control and effect the procedures that are used in the Senate. And I hope about now Republican senators are in a fury and will follow my proposal in just a moment. Go ahead. We would hope that they could come to some conclusion like that. But in any event, we're ready. Uh, When we see what they have, we'll know who and how many we will send over. That's all I'm going to say about that now. That's all she's going to say. It has nothing about who and how many. The jig is up. The cat is out of the bag. The dentures have dropped. And that is, she's following the advice of a left-wing kook Harvard Law professor who suggested that she put the brakes on and force McConnell to accommodate whatever it is she wants to accommodate. Cut six, go. You run the risk, as some Republicans have said, of looking like you're playing games with impeachment if you hold on to these articles for too long. I said what I was going to say, Nancy. We are, we have, I have, when we bring the bill. Oh my God. What are we dealing with here? Hit it again at the top, please. Cut six. Go. You run the risk, as some Republicans have said, of looking like you're playing games with impeachment if you hold on to these articles for too long. I said what I was going to say, Nancy. We are, we have, I have, when we bring the bill, which is, just so you know, there's a bill made in order by the Rules Committee that we can call up at any time in order to send it over to the Senate and to have a provisions in there to pay for the provi- for the impeachment and then the next step and the uh, the whatever you want to call it the, the the trial oh my god are you listening to this mr producer oh my god is she on something maybe she should be she have a lobotomy maybe she needs a lobotomy this is incredible go ahead that is where you put the managers. I was not prepared to put the managers and that bill yet because we don't know the arena that we are in. The arena you're in, genius, is called the United States Senate. You choose three or four managers, and then you await the Senate, tell you what the manager's supposed to do. Now, let's use these false analogies they use all the time. You don't send prosecutors in a courtroom until they figure out who the jurors are and who the judge is. You get your ass in the courtroom. Let's stop this. Let's start this again at the top there, because I think Nancy Pelosi, a fascist by every definition of the word, I said a fascist. Fascistic Nancy Pelosi uh, needs her head examined, and I mean that literally. Cut six, go. You run the risk as some Republicans have said of looking like you're playing games with impeachment if you hold on to these articles for too long. I said what I was going to say, Nancy. We are, we have, I have, when we bring the bill, which is, just so you know, there's a bill made in order by the Rules Committee that we can call up at any time in order to send it over to the Senate and to have the 
provisions in there to pay for the for the impeachment, and then the next step. And the uh, is she having a stroke? Maybe a mini? Is something going on there? Mini stroke? I certainly wouldn't wish that on her, but she sounds like half of her mouth is frozen. Maybe all of it. Go ahead. Whatever you want to call it, the the, the trial. That is where you put the managers. I was not prepared to put the managers and that bill yet because we don't know the arena that we are in. Frankly, I don't care what the Republicans say. Any other questions? Uh, not only uh, I said this is it. I honored that's it. That's it. Fascistic Nancy has spoken. Let's slip in one more. Cut seven. Go. But we'd like to see a fair process, but we'll see what they have and we'll be ready for whatever it is. We would hope there would be a fair process, just as we hope. Oh, that that's would. very, very clever. This is what the fascists do. This is what they do. They deny any form of due process. They destroy the traditional means by which impeachments are pursued. They come up with two completely bogus articles of impeachment. They shut down minority rights, the other party's rights. They shut down the right of the accused, this case the president, from confronting his accuser, uh, from having a lawyer present during secret testimony, uh, and from providing witnesses and uh, as well as uh, evidence, again, uh, not at the second stage where the House Judiciary Committee strangely takes over from the House Intelligence Committee, but at the earliest front end of the stage. The uh, poisonous tree, uh, the fruit of the poisonous tree here has taken place, to make an old parallel, and the fruitcakes have taken place too here, as, as it turns out. Nancy Pelosi among the, uh, among the most of the fruitiest fruitcakes. Now, you've heard this. Are you tired of fascistic... Nancy Pelosi destroying your constitution? Are you tired of her fascistic edicts undermining the entire process? I am. So what do we do about it? I'll tell you when we return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. As we celebrate the Christmas and holiday season, we often pause to consider our many blessings. Hillsdale College thanks you for loyalty as it celebrates 175 years of blessings. Now, since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of Liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive in Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses, or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core principles, learning, character, faith, and freedom without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. Merry Christmas from Hillsdale College, and to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. I want to thank my buddy Dan Bongino for filling in last night. It wasn't my plan 
to be absent. Who knew? But there was a plan that had been on for some time on our schedule to go to Turning Point USA, their marvelous event there, for which I received a Lifetime Achievement Award. And I want to thank Turning Point USA, Charlie Kirk, and all the folks there. It was a very, very wonderful event. We met wonderful patriots. And this impeachment has really motivated conservatives and many independents, Trump supporters across the board. Motivated them across the board. My problem is it's done great, great violence to the United States Constitution in every respect. The process used in the Democrat-controlled House of Representatives, what was done to the Republican minority, what was done to the accused President of the United States, the conspiracies behind the scenes and in the shadows between members of the House, including Adam Schiff and his staff, and a phony whistleblower in order to concoct this entire thing. One day this will all be unraveled and presented to the American people. It'll just be too late. Now these impeachment articles are not impeachment articles. They're kitchen sink articles. They put two names on two overall overarching matters and threw the kitchen sink into both of them. It's so bad, as I explained last week on radio, as I explained on TV on radio, it's so bad that there's not a single president of the United States of any party who could escape impeachment. Let me also underscore and reiterate that Donald Trump has not violated the Constitution in any respect during his entire tenure. That Donald Trump has not violated any federal statute in any effect during his entire tenure. That Donald Trump has not violated any rule during his tenure. Now, there have been allegations made, but I said he has not violated them. And yet he's impeached. He's not impeached because of the reasons that the framers put the impeachment clause in your Constitution. He's not impeached because of anything he has done as President of the United States or before. He's not impeached because he committed a high crime or misdemeanor, treason or bribery. He did none of that. He's impeached because the Democrat Party and their media reject the 2016 election, are positioning themselves for the 2020 election, and will do anything, including a fraudulent, unconstitutional impeachment to take out a duly elected president of the United States. They will try to destroy the Electoral College to prevent this from happening again. They have tried to use the Emoluments Clause against this president, who's never violated the Emoluments Clause. They have tried everything to cripple him. They have harassed him and his family with endless subpoenas that have nothing to do with the Article I legislative function of the Congress of the United States. Nothing. Schumer and others pressured the appointment of a special counsel in violation of standing Department of Justice regulations. In matters that we knew then, but are now certified by the 
Inspector General, well, flat out lies. In fact, the commissions of crime, as far as I'm concerned, in contempt of a court, with a phony dossier, the phoniest of dossiers, lying to the FISA court, filing false evidence with the FISA court. We have never seen anything like this in American history. The attacks on a candidate for president, the attacks on a man who was just elected president during the transition, the attacks on a man who was just sworn in as president of the United States. We have never, ever seen anything like this. This isn't the resistance. These are Marxist buffoons. And if they say, oh, you're very extreme in the language you use, well, who else conducts themselves this way? This has been an attempt at an overthrow, or as I've said, a silent coup that has been repeated ad nauseum now, but an attempt at an overthrow in place since before the man was elected and executed since the man has been elected. And when you step back and think about the allegations, that he came into office in order to make money? When he gives away his salary? And he puts his business on hold and deep freeze? For three years, well, he probably could have made billions more? That he's dictator-like? He's fascistic-like? He's, he's like Hitler and Stalin. Really? Did he round up Japanese Americans like Franklin Roosevelt did? Did he throw his political opponents in prison like Woodrow Wilson did? Did he unleash the IRS on media outlets with whom he disagreed like JFK, FDR, and LBJ did? Did he put wiretaps on his political opponents the way LBJ and JFK did? And Barack Obama? Who the hell are they talking about? Donald Trump is a victim. He's not a perpetrator. Donald Trump has complied with every federal law, the Constitution, and every court decision. It's not Barack Obama. The victim. The victim is the target. And he continues to be the victim. And so do we, the people. More when I return. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. He's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, 
pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. Donald Trump Jr. will be on the program in the last hour. And he'll be here on the uh, he'll be on the phone, but it'll be live. So uh, I hope you'll stick with us. And I just realized I didn't tell you the solution to what Nancy Pelosi is doing, which I will in a moment. Impeachment was voted on in the House of Representatives, and there it sits, because Nancy Pelosi says I'm not going to choose the managers until I'm satisfied with the kind of trial that the Senate is going to create, that is, the opposite party, McConnell and the Republicans. And the Chief Justice has no say in this whatsoever, just so you know. And they took the guidance from left-wing kook, Harvard Law professor, Lawrence Tribe. Now, here's what Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans must do. The Senate has the sole power under the Constitution to adjudicate an impeachment. Therefore, Pelosi is attempting to obstruct the Senate's power to act on its constitutional authority. McConnell should immediately put an end to this and declare the impeachment null and void as far as the Senate is concerned because the Speaker has failed to complete the impeachment process by timely sending it to the Senate for adjudication. And in fact... She caused a recess to occur in the House of Representatives without appointing the necessary House managers. So she's abandoned the field. You ever have a contractor, comes into your home, does work, makes a mess of things, then you decide, you know what, I'm going to hold them to account, and they abandon the work? You ever have that, Mr. Producer? But it happens. Well, that's Nancy Pelosi. She's abandoned the impeachment process. McConnell has no less authority to unilaterally make such a decision that this matter is now null and void as far as the Senate's concerned than Pelosi does to unilaterally withhold the administrative notification of an impeachment to the Senate, whether it's indefinitely or with conditions. Her effort to cripple the presidency and blackmail the Senate must be defeated. And the way you defeat it is reject it. Now, the senators, the Republican senators, must defend their institution. They must not allow the poison that is being spewed from the Democrats in the House, and specifically from Nancy Pelosi, to spill over into their institution. Now, I want to be very, very clear about this, because some of these Republican senators listen to this program. When you look at the Constitution... Impeachment and conviction is set up in a very interesting way. The framers looked at Britain, as well as other examples. They were aware of various trials that had taken place in Britain. And they came came up with this bifurcated process. So you have the House, which they knew, they created it, simple majority. Members are voted every two years. So while it's quote-unquote closest to the people, it also has the greatest potential for abuse, for faction, for hysteria. And so 
they created a check on the House when it comes to impeachment. It's called the Senate. The Senate is not simply to follow the dictates of the House or assume responsibilities unconstitutionally created by the House. The Senate has an independent responsibility apart from the House. And if the Senate believes, in this case the Republicans, because they control the Senate and they have the sole power when it comes to a trial, that Nancy Pelosi has not effectively completed the work as the Speaker over the decision of the Democrats in the House, in this case, two articles of impeachment, the Senate's not required to sit there indefinitely and wait for Nancy Pelosi to pull the trigger, nor is the Senate required to set out rules that satisfy the Speaker of the House. This would be a complete disaster. A complete disaster. So you'd have the Speaker of the House and what is a rather small majority in the House of radical Democrats not only controlling the agenda of the full House, but controlling the process in the Senate. Now, if Republican senators don't understand this, they're a bunch of useless buffoons. If they're not prepared to stand up for the institution, at least stand up for themselves. If they're not prepared to stand up for the President of the United States, at least stand up for themselves. But the Constitution is at stake. So the framers set this process up with a trial requiring a supermajority two-thirds vote to convict and remove a president, a judge, a vice president, so, so it goes. If Nancy Pelosi is going to withhold the ability or prevent the Senate from taking the next step for a variety of sleazy and unconstitutional reasons, the Senate needs to put an end to it. The Senate should simply say through McConnell, hey, look, we waited three weeks, four weeks. We waited for your managers. Doesn't matter if you're in recess. You have the power to appoint them, whether you're in recess or not. But in any event, you called the recess before appointing them. We're not going to drag the Senate and drag its members and drag the election and drag the country through this process because you have calculated it's in your best interest as a Democrat and a leftist. This is the Constitution of the United States. We're the United States Senate. We are a separate body. Therefore, we have concluded the majority, therefore speaking on behalf of the Senate, that what Nancy Pelosi and the House has done is null and void because they have no intention of raising the issue with the Senate as they must for the Senate to undertake its constitutional responsibilities. This will put an end. This will put an end to the sort of thing that Nancy Pelosi is doing. It will also put an end to this kind of an impeachment, which must be done and must be done soon. Otherwise, we're going to have disastrous precedent for the rest of this republic, however long it exists. They've destroyed the impeachment process. Do not let them destroy the trial process. She has destroyed the House of Representatives. Do not let them destroy what's left of the United States Senate. You senators, you Republican senators, you don't work for Nancy Pelosi. You're there to faithfully execute the Constitution and to protect and defend it. Unfortunately, 
The enemy of the Constitution today is the Speaker of the House. The Speaker of the House. It doesn't matter that Schumer wants more witnesses. This is bizarre. First, we're told we have to move quickly, 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 because Trump is a threat to national security. They said this on the floor of the House yesterday. He's a threat to national security. We have to act quickly and remove him. Nadler said it. They also argued we must act fast. We must act immediately. Why? Because Trump might interfere with the 2020 election. Schiff said it. And we were told over and over, there's no need to delay. The facts are overwhelming. There's no defense whatsoever. We don't hear any defense. The facts are overwhelming. Let's move quickly. And today, Pelosi and the Democrats take a recess through Christmas, through New Year's, a week into the new year till January 7th and say, you know what? Maybe we're not in such a hurry. Does this not expose them for the 4,000th time as the frauds that they are? And then you have Schumer. Schumer, who definitely comes off like a complete moron. Schumer, who apparently reports to Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats in the House of Representatives. He's there... I want four witnesses. No, he doesn't mention the so-called whistleblower. He doesn't mention Hunter Biden. Doesn't mention any witness who might present actual useful information. But why does he want witnesses that the Democrats in the House wouldn't even go to court to fight over? And what makes him think the President of the United States still wouldn't assert executive privilege, and they still would have to go to court and fight over it. They don't care. You see the Democrats in the Senate at that point. The president's been impeached. What do they care? We cannot allow these people to destroy our constitutional structure. We cannot allow these people to use their connivances to do what they're doing. And the framers put the Senate in place to fix this. And luckily, we have a small majority in the United States Senate who can fix this. Now, I would strongly urge them, urge them to act now and to announce in unity that since Nancy Pelosi did not appoint managers, managers to execute the impeachment articles that she caused to be voted on when she caused them to be voted, the time that she caused them to be voted on, and now has withheld them from the United States Senate in order to conduct a ploy to threaten and blackmail the United States Senate, the United States Senate should say, the Republicans, in a unified voice, we hold what Nancy Pelosi is doing as destructive of the entire process. We cannot be blackmailed and held hostage to Pelosi and her appointment of managers, which is in a ministerial task, but she doesn't want to do it. Unless she can control or influence our process, and we are independent from the House, therefore, therefore we, the majority in the Senate, on behalf of the entire United States Senate, hold the matter null and void. No trial, no chief justice, no witnesses, no nothing. Null and void! And you lay it at Nancy Pelosi's feet. That's the answer. That's the fix.
But will the Republicans in the Senate have the guts to do it? Why shouldn't they? Better to listen to me than Nancy Pelosi. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. As we celebrate the Christmas and holiday season, we often pause to consider our many blessings. Hillsdale College thanks you for loyalty as it celebrates 175 years of blessings. Now, since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of Liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive in Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses, or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core principles, learning, character, faith, and freedom without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. Merry Christmas from Hillsdale College, and to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Well, fascistic Nancy, I think for the last several months, has taken us through her mental nervous breakdown. I think that's what's going on here. Her ramblings and mumblings and fumblings uh, that I played for you earlier. I think Nancy Pelosi has dragged the nation through her mental nervous breakdown. And it's not over yet. Some say, well, now that we have the impeachment, she's waiting for more stuff to put in there. Now, ladies and gentlemen, last time I checked, this country doesn't belong to fascistic Nancy Pelosi. It belongs to the American people. Last time I checked, there's more than one branch of government and more than one person who populates these other branches of government. Did anybody here outside of San Francisco vote Nancy Pelosi for anything? So she is the least democratic figure in this entire thing. She represents what? A certain percentage of 800, 850,000 people who live in her district. Maybe it's a million, whatever it is. Big deal. Big deal. And yet look what fascistic Nancy is trying to do. But she doesn't get to do it. Now are these Republican senators going to pull together and take care of business or not? Nancy, we're not going to sit here and wait for you. Now we're supposed to wait through New Year's into the next year because you're having some kind of a mental nervous breakdown and you're burping out orders left and right. We're the Senate. We like to call ourselves the most deliberative body. I like to call themselves the most profligate body, but that's a whole other issue, which I will get to later in the program. But this must be crushed. This must be defeated for the sake of the country and the sake of the Constitution. And it's interesting. My man Brian over there at Right Scoop, he points out that even, even one of the professors who testified who testified against Trump. Left-wing, Democrat, Harvard University law professor, um, Noah Feldman, 
has said you don't actually have an impeachment until the articles are actually transmitted to the Senate. Now, it doesn't matter to me, Noah Feldman, last time I checked he wasn't at the Constitutional Convention, but it is rather strange. Do we have the House of Representatives taking votes just for the fun of taking votes? Now, these people are on recess now. These Democrats who voted in these so-called 30 or so districts for impeachment, but claimed when they got elected the first time around that they wanted to bring some kind of centrism and moderation, a get-stuff-done attitude to the House of Representatives, you need to throw their asses out. And at every one of these town hall meetings or whatever they call them, you need to ask them, not only did you support a fascistic process, not only did you cut out Republicans, and even though I voted for you, I'm a Republican, not only, not only are these articles of impeachment bogus and dangerous to the future of this republic, but you and your party are sitting on them, sitting on them, after you and your party told us that they were urgent, that this was an emergency for national security reasons, for the future of the 2020 election, that the facts are just so overwhelming that no more witnesses are needed. We're in a hurry. We've got to get it done. We've got to hurry, 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 hurry. Then it goes to Schumer. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I want some witnesses. Wait a minute. I mean, I need a neck brace. My neck hurts so much from these Democrats. These people are evil in what they've done here. This attempt is the first institutionalized coup attempt in American history. They have no interest in what the Obama administration, FBI, and CIA, and elements of the Obama administration did to try and interfere in our election. They are absolutely the worst people to ever sit in the House of Representatives. You need to kick their asses out of office. And the, Dem- and the Republicans in the Senate need to put their foot down and make an announcement. The sooner the better. 51 of us. Sorry. Null and void. You're done. We're finished with you. We're moving on. Praise the Constitution. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. 
now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. What a bunch of suckers these Democrats in the House of Representatives are. To follow Nancy Pelosi, who clearly is having a mental nervous breakdown of sorts, but is definitely fascistic. What a bunch of suckers, these so-called moderates, who have been now totally and completely revealed. Now they're caught in quicksand. Nancy Pelosi doesn't care about these so-called moderates. She could care less. This whole game that's been going on, this fan dance with Nancy Pelosi, I know it's an ugly thought, but nonetheless... This fan dance with Nancy Pelosi early on, where she was trying to hold back the radicals. She's so smart. She's a brilliant tactician. Hold back the radicals. She is a radical. You forget what city she comes from? You forget her background with Phil Burton, radical left-wing kook out of California? Not holding back the radicals. She is a radical. She's every bit the radical of a... She just pretends better. Now, more on the fascistic Nancy Pelosi. That's got to be 20 times, right, mister? I'm counting it up from Mediate so they can just put it up there. And they're not very good at math over there. Did you see they had a big, uh, they had a big story on the 75 top media figures of the year. What was I, number 40-something? They had a big party. Saw some of my friends there with all these radical left-wing kooks. And there was Dan Abrams. Dan and his hair were there. Who owns the site? He started the site. Some of my best buddies. But some of the really lowest of the low. It's amazing how Washington and New York work in the end. Wouldn't catch me dead at that party, that's for sure. Plus, why am I number 40-something? Got to be in the top 10, Mr. Producer. Nonetheless, look at this story An American Greatness by Deborah Hine. Nancy Pelosi muzzles Republicans who want to speak out against impeachment by canceling special order speeches. Now, the real Mussolini's coming out in Nancy Pelosi, the real Fidel Castro's coming out in Nancy Pelosi. And not a burp from the phony media troubled by any of this. They don't have a problem with it at all. None of this. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is effectively muzzling Republican members of Congress from speaking out against the Democrats' impeachment sham in special order speeches on the House floor. And what is being called an unprecedented move, Pelosi on Monday canceled the end-of-day special order speeches on the floor of the House for the entire week. Under the current rules, members are allowed five-minute speeches in the morning. The leadership on each side are allowed a full hour each at the end of the day, and then each side is given 
two and a half hour slots. Excuse me, two half hour slots. No floor speeches are allowed past 10 p.m., even if everyone has not had a chance to speak. In January, the House passed a rule that allows members only one special order speaking slot per week. So you can see fascistic Nancy. This is what these people resort to over time. Less and less freedom, less and less speech, less and less opportunity. The claws get more and more iron-like and tighter, and the grip gets tighter. Pelosi not only shut down end-of-the-day special order speeches on Thursday, that's today, she also canceled the five-minute speaking slots in the morning, tomorrow, effectively barring the minority from speaking out against the biased and unfair impeachment process after the vote. Representative Louis Gohmert, who had been scheduled to speak during the leadership hour on Thursday, told American Greatness that he had intended to talk about how the House Judiciary Committee had violated the rules in the rush to impeach President Trump. According to the rules, the minority is supposed to be allowed to have their own witness hearing before an impeachment vote. But Chairman Nadler, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Lewis Nadler, that's his name for now on. Jerry Lewis would hate it, but nonetheless. Jerry Lewis Nadler denied them that right. Gomer said that the majority could have voted to change the rules, but they didn't even bother to do that. That is, change the rules to prevent them from having their day. But they didn't even do that. They just straight out violated the rules in their haste to impeach the president. So the list of fascistic moves by Nancy, fascistic moves by Nadler, fascistic moves by Schiff, and all the rest of them, endorsed by virtually every single Democrat in their caucus, is perfectly fine. Gomert also said he was going to point out the hypocrisy of the Democrats, who've been claiming that the rush process was warranted because time was of the essence. Peaching the president was such an urgent matter. Why isn't the speaker sending the articles to the Senate? Of course, I've pointed that out. Gomert also said it was totalitarian of Pelosi. You know, I, what I love about Louis Gomert is he speaks accurately and in a straightforward manner. Totalitarian is the perfect word. Gomert also said it was totalitarian of Pelosi to abuse her position to quash the opposition's speech rights. He said the majority's behavior indicated a lack of confidence in their own arguments. They're just fascistic, Louis. That's what they are. They're fascistic. So we had a North Korean-style suppression of speech by Nancy Pelosi, preventing other members of the House of Representatives from speaking on the floor of the House. Why? Because on a whim, she didn't want it anymore. That's why she didn't want it. And so no speaking. And that's just the way it is, whether you like it or not. And I'm not sending the articles of Peterson over the Senate. That's just the way it is, whether you like it or not. Too bad. What are you going to do about it? We're in the majority. And, of course, the legal analysts over there at MSLSD and the Constipated News Network and all the rest of the jokes, all the rest of the wasted carbon footprints, They don't have a problem with this at all. Nancy, you hold up that impeachment. 
The more destruction you can do, the better. Burn it down. Burn baby burn. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We're real revolutionaries here. We and CNN and MSNBC and ABC, CBS, NBC, New York Times, Washington Post, name the rest. We're real revolutionaries here. Yes, we are. We're resisting the people. We're resisting this administration. Do whatever you have to do, Nancy. The ends justify the means. We're all going to put on our Che Guevara hats now, Mr. Producer. And our camouflage uh, sweatshirts. And our Converse sneakers. And we're going to run through the woods. We're the resistance. We're the revolutionaries now. Yes, we are. Actually, they're burning up the place. And they're AR disgrace. I see here over at Powerline blog, uh, they have an idea that I think I mentioned, what, a month ago, Mr. Producer? And by the way, I'm glad they're mentioning it. That's not my point. That uh, this impeachment is an invitation to a motion to dismiss. There's no question about that, but it's worse now. It's beyond that now. The solution to what's taking place is the Levin solution, which is the Republicans unified to a man, to a woman, to a transitioner in the United States Senate, making clear that this matter is now behind them. It's null and void. Nancy Pelosi failed to send managers. Senate's not required to wait around. Can't wait interminably. And it's done. And then she'll hurry up to send managers over. But it'll be too late. The courtroom doors, a.k.a. the Senate doors, are now closed. We've already made our decision. It's over. Wouldn't that be magnificent? Now this Professor Noah Feldman of the famous Noah Feldman family. I don't know who the hell this guy is. Anyway, at Harvard Law School, he's one of the pukes who testified. So I pointed out last hour, he's made the statement that the managers aren't appointed and it's not sent to the Senate, then the president's not really impeached. Now, there's nothing that says that. That's a rational response, however. And there's nothing wrong with the president saying that. You know what? This isn't like a meeting of the Democrat National Committee being held in the House of Representatives, and they all vote for my impeachment. There are actually steps you have to take, things you have to do. And Nancy didn't do them. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be magnificent if you woke up tomorrow morning? Well, that would be magnificent in and of itself. But wouldn't it be great if the morning comes and you hear that McConnell and the Republicans have held that the impeachment's dead, that Nancy Pelosi failed to follow through on the constitutional requirements, that the United States Senate is not holding a trial because it can hold a trial. The United States Senate cannot keep its schedule open indefinitely and because they took a recess and they show they really are not serious about this in any constitutional way or they have passed articles that they really don't want to be tested in the senate that we hold it null and void you don't even need a trial we hold it null and void and i would say mcconnell doesn't even need to have a vote in the senate let alone in his caucus any more than nancy pelosi needed to have a vote for this delay And the President of the United States announces that he wasn't impeached. That Pelosi is bogus. That the process is bogus. That the Senate process was destroyed. 
and therefore would be bogus if they went for it, it's over. That's the Levin solution, and it's a damn good solution. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Had a great meeting with Glenn Beck today. Mr. Producer didn't even know about this. It's a good man, Glenn Beck. Wonderful meeting with Glenn Beck. Which brings me to Blaze TV. You know, my friends, for the past three years, I've been pounding the airwaves about the coup attempted against our president. I was the first to call this event a silent coup. I predicted, and I did. Now there's something similar being orchestrated against Benjamin Netanyahu, whom I believe is Israel's greatest prime minister, along with Menachem Begin. But Netanyahu is really up against it. The red-hot hatred that spews from the left here, sadly not unique to our great republic, is now the leftists in Israel have targeted their leader. And there are organizations in the United States they reach into Israel, many of them like J Street, and there's more, which are run putatively by Jewish individuals who are self-hating Jews and hate the state of Israel. Just a fact. That's just the way it is. I haven't heard much about any of this, which is just why I expose it on Levin TV. And I exposed it recently with a great guest, Arthur Ferguson. And together, Arthur and I uncovered this politically driven campaign to oust our friend Netanyahu. And because this issue is so important, I wanted to personally invite you to watch it. It's free. It's in front of the paywall by going to levintv.com, L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com, and signing up for a free 30-day trial. Watch the shows and quickly see how we bring your content and perspective found nowhere else on TV. And expose the left. Whichever side of the ocean, they're rearing their heads. If you use code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, you'll get $10 off your annual plan. That's LEVIN TV, promo code LEVIN. LEVIN TV, promo code LEVIN. And by the way, shortly after the beginning of the new year, And I can't get into it now. We have some incredibly exciting plans with Levin TV and the network Blaze TV. Incredibly exciting. I have to grind my teeth. I have to keep my mouth shut. I can't really talk about it. But I know, as a matter of fact, that you're going to be very excited about it. I know I was when we discussed it within the company. Mitch McConnell. It's not often that I cite Mitch McConnell, but he's been hanging in there. you got to give him points for that. I'm going to take points away next hour with their profligate spending, but let's, let's stick to this right now. Here he is on the floor of the Senate today. He gave a great speech. I can't play it all. Cut eight. Go. So let's be clear. The House's vote yesterday was not some neutral judgment that Democrats came to with great reluctance. It was the predetermined end of a partisan crusade that began before President Trump was even nominated, let alone sworn in. For the very first time in modern history, we've seen a political faction in Congress 
promise from the moment, the moment a president election ended, they would find some way to overturn it. By the way, it's interesting to hear Schumer and the other liars who are, who are absolute hypocrites based on 1998, too. It's just incredible. But it's interesting to hear them say there's no impartiality. You've heard Nadler say that these are political hacks, of course. Tell me this. Did the framers of the Constitution write in the Constitution that the trial should be held in a federal court, Mr. Producer? No, they cut the judiciary out totally. No. The framers carefully laid out the conditions for impeachment, provided guidelines for a trial, and beyond that, beyond that, left it to, they thought, the virtue of the senators. So president's free, excuse me, a senator's free to announce whatever a senator wants to announce. They specifically excluded the federal courts or the Supreme Court even from this process, except for the chief justice as the individual who basically would be the traffic cop and no more. More Mitch McConnell, cut nine, go. Wait a minute, do I have enough time? No. Okay, we'll get to cut nine. It's very good. And don't forget, next hour this time, we're going to have Don Jr. <clears throat> on the program, and it'll be very interesting to hear his take on all this. Uh, he's a very, very articulate young man, as a matter of fact. But keep this in mind. The Senate was never considered a judiciary. The purpose of the Senate is to resign. The purpose of the entire process, the House, the Senate, with a little bit of participation by the, by the court through the Chief Justice, is intended to involve the entire body politic. So when you have a railroad job like this by a faction, a radical faction within the Democrat Party that has a temporary small majority in the House, and then they try to use the process to control the Senate. If that's not tyranny, I don't know what is. And if she's not fascistic, I don't know what is. I'll be right back. This is the show the New York Times is afraid of. Mark Levin, call him now at 877-381-3811. Mr. Producer, have we taken a call yet tonight? Do we have a good caller waiting? Let us take a... We have a disagreeer? By all means, who is it and where is the disagreeer from? K-D-W-N, K-Dawn... That's not in Arizona. That's in Nevada. Lee, how are you? Good. KTST. Yes, let's get our call letters right. Yes, okay. Lee, how may well, I, I help thought, you? I thought it was Hold on, we're already talking over each other. How may I help you, sir? I I uh, I called to to respectfully disagree on just one point, but yes. after you talk after you finish talking, I agree with you. I I do Uh-oh. have one kind of slight suggestion. I think just um, that the Senate, McConnell, they should just act like nothing has happened and declare them go on vacation until like a few days after the Congress, I mean the House, and then and, and make an announcement, uh, you know, or, the, or at this time make an announcement um, that the Republicans are talking about us. Uh, Sir, I have no idea what you're proposing. Try again. No, no. I mean, they should just say that the 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 Congress, uh, the House, 
has declared their they did an impeachment, but they haven't officially notified us yet. So we're going to take a vacation and whenever. Yeah, I, I got all that, but they need to put an end to it. And the way you put an end to it is put an end to it. Because under your scenario, they're still waiting around for the house. Whether They're going to come back from their vacation at some point, right? Maybe in January or mid-January. Now, that's not how you put an end to something. You're allowing Nancy Pelosi to control the calendar. Yeah. No, that's why I said I after I after I listened to everything you had to say, I agreed with you. This, I, has, to, this has to come to an end. She doesn't want it to come to an end. Yeah. It has to come to an end. And what are these guys in the Senate going to do? Sit around and wait for Nancy Pelosi to blow whistles? It's ridiculous. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. That's right. I just, I just am afraid that the Democrats, if that happens, the Democrats will say, oh, they didn't give us a chance. Who cares? The facts, look, you can't worry about what they're going to say. The facts spell out that she had every chance in the world. She's the one that controls the calendar, both... Uh, on the floor of the house and their vacation calendar. And she's made it abundantly clear. <laughs> In her repulsive voice, which is that she is not going to send managers and so forth over until she knows what the trial is going to look like. What she means there is not that at all. What she means is she wants some control over it. or She wants some new evidence or she wants more witnesses She's constantly undermining the Constitution. You cannot allow a reprobate like this to control the process. All right, my friend, we're in agreement. See that? Yeah. Yep. Mr. Producer, do we have our Adam Schiff theme song available tonight? You know, the season's almost here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, oh, there it is. I'm only here tonight and tomorrow night. Then I'm gone for a while. Katie Hill who was in her low 30s when she got elected to the House of Representatives from Irvine, California. And when you're elected to the House, you should conduct yourself with some level of class and respect. Was busy having lots and lots of sex with lots and lots of different people. Sometimes three people or two people at the same time. Now call me an old fuddy-duddy, if you will. But it seems to me if you're a young person or an old person, and you get elected to the House of Representatives, you should conduct yourself with some level of decorum. And then she resigned because she's a coward, not because she's a hero. Why would she be a hero? There was going to be an ethics investigation because there was an allegation that she was also having an affair with the Director of Legislative Affairs in her office, which would violate the ethics rules. So rather than have an investigation, she resigned. Now she's running around calling the president an MFR. This is the quality of candidate, apparently, that the Democrats are nominating to the United States Congress. This is the quality of candidates they're nominating and electing. You have Katie Hill, part of the freshman. There's a great freshman class, part of the freshman class. You have Talib. Talib. Part of the freshman class. Omar. We never did get to the bottom of whether she was married to her brother, and of course the media could care less. I was curious personally, but I didn't really poke into it that much. What a freshman class. Actually, that was Omar. Then we have Ayach. Straight from bartending to the philosopher king of the Democrat Party. Hey, what kind of drink would you like? Hey, how about a dirty martini? Oh. 
I don't even know what that is. But okay, dirty martini. Then she gets elected. I want to reorganize the economy. I want to reorganize the environment. I want to reorganize. This guy should do that. Wow. Genius. Who knew? Who knew? I don't even drink. I didn't know she was that smart. But she's brilliant. What a freshman class. And by the way, anti-Semitism. Can't beat the freshman class. Ayach. Omar Talib. The three stooges of anti-Semitism. There they are. And Nancy Pelosi protects every one of them. Because she is a strategic genius. She protects them. This Omar, repeatedly. With her uh, smearing of Jews. Now the House can push through these bogus... Articles of impeachment, but when it comes to actually punishing one of its own Democrat members for being a disgusting, slimeball anti-Semite who happens to hate her country, well, can't do that. Why? These are women of color. You can't attack women of color unless, of course, they're conservatives and or Republicans. Then you can attack women of color, women of no color. You can attack women all you want but not if they're anti-Semite-Democrats. Can't do that. So this freshman class has been fantastic for the Democrats, don't you think? Then we have the freshmen who were moderate Democrats who got elected. Oh, wow. Did you see how they were? They were really torn, these moderate Democrats, who lied to the voters to get elected. You know, we're really centrist, and we want to get things done here. And many of them said they were not going to vote for Nancy Pelosi to be speaker. Oh, every damn one of them did. Maybe except for one. But I believe every damn one of them did. And then every damn one of them voted for impeachment. But they really struggled with their conscience, ladies and gentlemen. They struggled. Oh, the press told us how they struggled. They didn't know what to do, but they had to. They had to vote aye on impeachment, both articles, except for one clown out of Maine who thinks he can slip, split the baby, thinks he's King Solomon. He's not. Yes, the drama, they, the pain, but they had to do the right thing, which was follow mental nervous breakdown case Nancy Pelosi in the editorial pages of the country. They were so courageous to cast their votes as they did. Then they'll come home now because they're in recess and they will lie through the teeth to you. You know what? You should do a little less listening to these people and a lot more talking to them. And you ought to make it abundantly clear you're going to throw their houses out of, uh, their asses out of Congress. And you're going to work against them. You're going to support the candidate against them. You're going to help raise money against them. Because really it's up to you to put an end to this. It's up to you. We're going to miss Katie Hill, aren't we, Mr. Producer? Oh, terribly. Going to miss Katie Hill. She had such a magnificent future ahead of herself. And Taliba. Oh, she'll be around a long time. She's in one of those gerrymandered districts. And Omar. Oh, 
another swell. By the way, isn't aren't Omar and Talib under investigation for violating rules with their campaign finances? I could be wrong about that. One or both of them, I think. Not exactly uh, Gandhi, are they? We care about the poor. Then why are you, uh, why are you taking money out of the campaign? Because we care about the poor. Everything goes when you care about the poor. Matter of fact, ask Bernie Sanders, multimillionaire. We're going to get the people with the Bernie, you have three homes. Yes. All right, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Wow. So we celebrate the Christmas and holiday season. We often pause to consider our many blessings. Hillsdale College is one of them. Hillsdale College thanks you for your loyalty as it celebrates 175 years of blessings. Since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of Liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive Imprimus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. Now, you know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. This independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom without government interference. At no time in our nation's history has there ever been a greater need for the kind of classical liberal arts education that Hillsdale offers on its campus and nationwide. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. Merry Christmas from Hillsdale College, and you can learn more and check out their magnificent website at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. Now, while you're checking out the Hillsdale website, may I suggest have a tasty morsel of meat, Mr. Producer, from Omaha Steaks. This season, Omaha Steaks is sharing an amazing limited-time offer with my listeners And there's still time to place your order for the holidays. What am I talking about? Go to omahasteaks.com and enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, in the search bar to order the favorite gift package, the gift all of your friends and family will love, only $69.99. Order now and you'll get this. Four, count them, four, six-ounce bacon-wrapped filet mignons, the most tender steak in the world. Four savory premium pork chops. Four Obama steaks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every time. Omaha steaks burgers. Four perfectly brown potatoes. Aw, rotten. Four made from scratch caramel. You say caramel. I say caramel. Apple tartlets. But they taste great, whatever you call them. An Omaha steaks signature seasoning packet. Plus, only for you, my listeners, a free six-piece cutlery set and cutting board. All this delicious food makes my mouth water, plus the free cutlery set that you'll enjoy for years to come, only $69.99. Omaha steaks are the most tender. 
the most flavorful. And you can only get steaks of this quality from Omaha Steaks, Omaha's original butcher. Again, order now, and you can get the favorite gift package, plus the free six-piece cutlery set and cutting board, only $69.99. Just go to omahasteaks.com. Type in Levin in the search bar. Don't wait. If you want to take advantage of this offer and get your gift before the holidays and get it there before the holidays, you know, you want to do it before it's too late. Well, guess what? Today's the 19th of December. So act now. The favorite gift package today. OmahaSteaks.com. Code Levin. All right, Mr. Producer. Do we have a particular caller to whom I shall speak? Yes. The great WABC in New York. Elaine, how are you? Hi, Mark. I'm well, thank you. Especially after I heard the Levin solution. Uh, made me feel a lot better. But I am worried, and somewhat along the lines of what your last caller said, would this uh, fire up the Democrat base if the case were... I I don't understand. Do do they worry about firing up our base? Are they more fired up than ever? They just impeached, attempted to impeach our president. Oh, I know. But I I don't understand. What's the recourse? There is none. Of course there is. Put an end to it. Defend the Constitution. Stand up. Speak out. Let no, them I worry see, about us. See the pink hats coming out again. You know, Who and cares about and the pink hats coming out again? My God. Or, Appeasement you know, in the face of tyranny is not exactly the way that you fight it. No, I, I understand that. No, in all seriousness, would it rebound against... I don't uh, know. Those pink hats, they frighten me. Don't they frighten you, Mr. Producer? See the people moving with the pink hats. I'll tell you um, that, by the way, that law professor that they they had on uh, that yes, woman yes. Yes. that they brought up for she she was uh, parading around in something unspeakable anyway, <laughs> beside the point. But but could could it really, you know, get them uh, power at the election uh, 2020 if they got, um, you know, their base fired up? My dear friend, maybe you haven't noticed lately, but their base is fired up. Maybe you haven't noticed lately, our base is fired up. We need to defend the Constitution. We need to put down this leftist Marxist revolution, and we need to do what's right. And then we need to turn out and vote, make sure our family members, friends, colleagues, and neighbors turn out and vote in large numbers. But if we lose, it won't be because we put them down. It's because we wouldn't stand up. It's the right thing to do. And can I, uh, can I make one other point, Mark, which is, it, I don't know if anyone has mentioned it on your show yet, but if you haven't seen this movie, Richard Jewell, um, may oh, I'm going to say it. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up because they're trying to take out Clint Eastwood here. The left-wing media is circling the wagons again. The phony style sections and fashion sections. The Richard Jewell movie is on my list to see in the next four to five days. During the course of the weekend of my vacation. Absolutely, I will. Good point. One out of two is not bad. I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post. 
deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Ayach slams Tulsi Gabbard over Tulsi Gabbard's vote, which was present. You know what, Ayach? We old-timers have a saying in old Philadelphia. You know what it is, Mr. Producer? Ayach can stick it. We don't really care what Ayach has to say. This isn't CNN or MSLSD. We don't care. She's a moron. She's a clown. She's a buffoon. And let me move on. Over at Right Scoop, my buddy Brian tipped me off here that they just had a big vote in the United States Senate. They approved the House $1.4 trillion spending bill by 81 to 11. Now they have these different omnibus bills that are coming through. And so the Senate approved it. They call it the National Security Spending Package, which also happens to include DHS through the end of fiscal year. So what they do, they use the word defense or the words national security. They slap them on a bill. And then you figure, and they figure, They can't be accused of being against defense, or they figure they can vote for it because it has those words on it. It's utterly and completely irresponsible. They dump all kinds of crap in these bills. 81 to 11. Only four Republicans voted against. Four. Braun of Indiana. Hawley of Missouri. Cruz of Texas, Lee of Utah. That's it! Rand Paul may have still been on a plane, for all I know, from the Turning Point event. But that was the vote. For Lee, Hawley, Cruz, Braun. Where were all the rest of them? Now you see, what happens is, this is the game the left wins all the time. The left, the rhinos, the bureaucrats. They go right up to the deadline. They go right up to the deadline, and so there's a threat of a government shutdown, so they they get the support of the Wall Street Journal editorial page and all the rest of them. Can't have a shutdown. I mean, after all, Nancy Pelosi and Nancy Pelosi, and then, well, there's Nancy Pelosi. Four Republican senators. They can't call themselves fiscal conservatives anymore. They used to, you know, like I said, they used to say, look, I'm not a social conservative, and... uh, I'm not a defense, you know, I'm not a hawk, uh, but on the other hand, I am a fiscal conservative. They can't even say that. And just because you're not a radical, Marxist, leftist, doesn't mean how you're voting and what you believe in is good. Is good. I am telling you that the debt is so massive and getting so much more massive and totally out of control The fact that virtually every radio talk show in this country ignores it. The fact that nearly every, nearly every television host, conservative, ignores it, is appalling to me. I expect the left and the Democrats to ignore it. Hey, impeachment, 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 impeachment. 
while they slide these things through. But this is a war on your children. Now, there were eight who didn't vote because they weren't available. Rand Paul, as I pointed out, I believe was was still traveling. Cory Booker. Cory Booker, this guy's running for president of the United States. Does anybody know he's running for president? He's running because he says, you know, we need more diversity. What do you need more diversity? We're, we're looking to vote for somebody who'd be the best president of the United States. And you ain't it. Richard Burr of North Carolina. Why? He's asleep. Kamala Harris of California. No excuse. She's not running for president anymore. Isaacson of Georgia. I understand he's very ill. Klobuchar of Minnesota. What's her deal? Well, I'm running for president and beating the hell out of my staff. Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Bernie the Red. And Elizabeth Warren. Now, in all fairness to Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, Klobuchar, Kamala Harris, and Booker, they weren't needed. Because the Republicans voted for this massive debt, this massive spending like we've never seen in the history of this country. By the way, this this thing about, uh, you know, people would say, you really shouldn't get into this. This Congressman Dingell, and then uh, his wife took his slot when he passed away. And John Dingell was the longest-serving member of the House of Representatives, I believe, in history. His father served before him and handed him the seat. And when he passed away, or before he passed away, he handed the seat to his wife. So the seat's always been held by a Dingell. May I say that, Mr. Producer? It's been held by a Dingell. I didn't say Dingleberry. I said Dingle. And people are very, very upset about what the president said. News hosts, business hosts, other very, very upset about what the president said. Lindsey Graham's very upset about what the president said. Okay, fine. I don't say stuff like that. However, I don't remember them very upset when they accused Trump of being Adolf Hitler. Now that's pretty bad, don't you think, Rich? Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler. Joseph Stalin. Now that's pretty bad. I mean, that's way up there. They slaughtered tens of millions of people in horrific ways. They call the president Hitler and they call him Stalin. I don't remember the nation taking a pause and being obsessively upset about it. I mean, I'm sorry that what was said about Dingle was said about Dingle, but in terms of statements that have been said in the last three years, it's not even up there with Hitler and Stalin. Again, no excuses. It's just bizarre what draws the attention of the media. Yes, we're very, very angry. And they'll ask every guest who comes on, do you think that was right? Do you think that was right? Do you think the president should have said Shouldn't the president apologize? you think that's it? Meanwhile, you got hosts. You've got paid contributors. You've got regular contributors who go on the air. You know, that Trump is a Hitler. You know, he's a dictator. Thank you. And they come back the next day. They're still paid staff. They never say to uh, the morning schmo, little banjo boy from Deliverance, 
you need to apologize for the president. You, this neo-Nazi and Hitlerian stuff that you use when you describe him all the time, that's unacceptable. Do you understand who Hitler was? Do you understand what Hitler did? Do you know what the Holocaust is? No, no, no. No, he's back the next day with that big bulbous nose of his dripping into his mouth. Says the same thing. And then the same people who talk like this when it comes to, I cannot believe he said that. Well, you called him Hitler. Listen, I cannot believe he said that. He's the president. President doesn't talk like that. Well, Lyndon Johnson talked. Hey, don't give me this whataboutism stuff. I don't want to know about history. I don't want to know about before. We're dealing with this, the here and now. And by the way, yes, well, what? No deflection. Don't talk about anyone. Just him, 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 him. Trump, 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 Trump. I just wish he would stop tweeting. I bet they do. I just wish he'd stop the rallies. I bet they do. I just wish. Stop wishing. The things that have been said about Trump. This is a fact. It's not an excuse. It's not a diversion. The things that have been said about Donald Trump are much worse than anything Donald Trump has said about anybody. Don't you think I'm right about that, Rich? Richie V, don't you think I'm right about that? They, they, they agree with me. And by the way, they don't get fired if they don't agree with me. It doesn't work that way. We have a breaking story here. The New York Slimes... Durham, remember him, the U.S. attorney in Connecticut? He's scrutinizing ex-CIA director's role in Russian interference. For, oh, listen to that. This is for Chuck Todd. Hey, Chuck, pay attention. I'm educating you. The federal prosecutor scrutinizing the Russian investigation has begun examining the role of the former CIA director, John O. Brennan, and how the intelligence community assessed Russia's 2016 election interference According to three people briefed on the inquiry. There's your New York Times. Three people briefed on the inquiry. Anyway, John H. Storm, the U.S. attorney leading the investigation, has requested Mr. Brennan's emails. Oh, my God. Call logs and other documents from the CIA, according to a person briefed on his inquiry. He wants to learn what Mr. Brennan told other officials, including the former FBI director, James B. Comey, about his and the CIA's views of a notorious dossier of assertions about Russia and Trump associates. Mr. Doris' pursuit of Mr. Brennan's records is certain to add to accusation. Listen to this. Here's the Holocaust-denying New York Times. Certain to add to accusations that Mr. Trump is using the Justice Department to go after his perceived enemy. I don't think Mr. Doris is taking orders from the, just, uh, from the uh, president. But if the New York Times has evidence of that, by all means, tell us, present it to us. Bunch of jackasses. Let's go on. The president. So here Brennan is looking into, uh, excuse me, here Durham is looking into Brennan and they're attacking Trump. They're, ta- they're sick. Sick. President has long attacked Mr. Brennan as part of his narrative about a so-called deep state cabal of Obama. I had to laugh of Obama administration officials who tried to sabotage his campaign. And Mr. Trump has held out Mr. Durham's investigation as a potential avenue for proving his claims. Now, we're three paragraphs into this and the longest paragraph, the third one, 
is to create a sinister inference about the president, who has nothing to do with this. He's the victim. Mr. Dorman is also examining whether Mr. Brennan privately contradicted his public comments, including May 2017 testimony to Congress about both the dossier and about any debate among the intelligence agencies over their conclusions on Russia's interference, the people said. The people said could be two of uh, Brennan's lawyers. But Dorman know how to track this down. There's only so many people who know this. The people familiar with Mr. Durham's inquiry stressed that it was continuing and it was not clear what crimes, if any, he had uncovered. Representatives for Mr. Brennan and the Justice Department declined to comment. Well, somebody's leaking. Defenders of Mr. Brennan. Why is this in a news story? Who cares about defenders of Mr. Brennan? Mr. Brennan is now officially under criminal investigation. Hello, hello, ding dong. Mr. Brennan is officially under criminal investigation. The defenders of Mr. Brennan have long maintained he did nothing wrong and properly sounded the alarm on Russian interference in 2016. Well, did they read all his emails? Have they conducted criminal investigations? And he told MSLSD this fall that he would answer Mr. Durham's questions if asked. Good. You better. Mr. Durham, the U.S. attorney in Connecticut, had previously conducted politically fraught investigations. What does this have to do with anything? Anyway, I want to wish Mr. Brennan a Merry Christmas, don't you, Mr. Producer? And a Happy New Year. At least while you're not in prison. Not that you're going to be, of course. Don't let that ever cross your mind. Don't let the bankrupting the bankrupting of your, of your pension and the selling of your home like you guys did to Mike Flynn. Don't worry, that, that won't happen. No, 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 don't worry about that. Don't worry about going to prison and getting old and having heart issues like Manafort. No, 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 no. No, no, you're part of the winner. You're part of the victory. Don't worry. Everything's fine. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. By the way, a great one-on-one guest for the full hour on Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday. It'll be the last, the last live Life, Liberty, and Levin uh, for two weeks. This Sunday will be Ken Starr, one-on-one with moi. And it'll be absolutely fabulous. Former independent counsel, former federal judge, former solicitor of the United States. Ken Starr. And by the way, during the break, he was absolutely hilarious. He was singing show tunes to me. And my wife and my mother-in-law. And to the whole crew. Show tunes, Mr. Producer. He started dancing. He's a very happy man. He's a very content man. And he's a lot of fun to be around. And I've known him a very, very long time. So Ken Starr will be my special guest. I hope you'll watch this Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Remember that electronics guy? What was his name? Remember that guy shaking his... Crazy Eddie. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about. Okay, anyway. 8 p.m. Eastern, Eastern, Eastern. 5 p.m. Pacific. Life, Liberty, and Levin. This Sunday on Fox. Don't miss it, please. I know you're going to love it. And it's followed by Steve Hilton, who's a very good guy. And his ratings have jumped since I've 
moved to 8 p.m. and he's been moved to 9 p.m., I'm told, Mr. Producer. So I always try and help the team. You know that? I always try to help the team, particularly the team that's good, good members. So ladies and gentlemen, only one week left for the Chaminade Christmas and holiday sale. Time is running out on Chaminade's best promotion of the year. Imagine the double chin and turkey neck gone with the famous Genesaw breakthrough jawline treatment with MDL technology. From now until Christmas, get the classic Genesaw for eye bags and puffiness absolutely free. Plus, Genesaw's immediate effects for results in 12 hours. That is amazing. Look 10, 15, even 20 years younger right before your eyes. Guaranteed her 100% of your money back. Call 800 skin 604 or go to Genesel XV, anti-wrinkle treatment. And we'll be upgraded to priority shipping for free. Order now and get surprise luxury stocking stuffer just in time for Christmas. You got to hurry. Order now. 800 skin 604, 800 skin 604. Or Genesel.com, that's Genesel.com, 800-SKIN-604. Haven't the media been great all through the Trump presidency, and particularly here during the impeachment period? Always giving us the facts and the news. I gave you a perfect example uh, just a few minutes ago with the New York Slimes piece on John Brennan, that he's under criminal investigation. That his official emails and texts have now been sought by U.S. Attorney Durham. And write all the first, third, the third paragraph, and then throughout, the New York Times trashes the President of the United States. It's amazing, isn't it? This is why the New York Times had to be saved, a bailout by a billionaire from Mexico. Who the hell, hell else would want to buy it? Seriously. You might buy it. Hey, I like the crosswords. You know, I like the crossword puzzles. Well, find them somewhere else, for God's sakes. I'll be right back. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Well, we're close. Donald Trump Jr., how are you, sir? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. And, uh, you know, you and I really hit it off when I interviewed you, don't you think? You know what? I, I really enjoyed it. It was great to be able to have the time to actually sort of you know, get through the points, right? I'm so good. You know, I'm used to doing it on Twitter where everything's 240 characters or less, and you have to sort of blow up the world with that. It's, yep. it's great to be able to spell out the thought, you know? Well, it's good to have you back. Your, your fantastic book, Triggered. Great Christmas gift. It's done absolutely uh, stupendously. But I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about this impeachment. I imagine it's been on your mind a little bit. And now we have Nancy Pelosi. Is she like the biggest screwball of all? Here she has her impeachment. It's bogus. The counts are bogus. And what does she do? She pulls another Pelosi. So she decides they're going to sit on it until she can blackmail the United States Senate and the Republicans to do what she wants them to do. What do you make of that? Well, I, listen, I, it's par for the course with what all of the Democrats have been doing, right? It's no different than Schiff creating a set of rules so that he can say he's playing by the rules. Now, when you look at the actual rules, they're just the dream wishes of the Democrat Party, right? They call all the witnesses. They get to make sure all the questions are vetted. They get to interview everyone in back doors. When Republicans 
start asking questions that they don't like and get answers that aren't convenient to their narratives, they cut off the Republican questioning. Then they bring that partial fact set, whatever's not already leaked to the media, who's their marketing department, uh, and bring just that partial fact set to the American people to try to create a narrative. This thing has been a sham from moment number one, Mark. It's a total disgrace to our democracy and to our republic, and, and it's just really scary at this point. You know, she's gotten what she wanted. She wanted to do it. She pretends she's all... It's such a somber moment, Mark. It's so somber. I'm going to dress in black because I really care about the Constitution yeah. and our, our, our republic. I, I care so much about it. Meanwhile, all the other Democrats are laughing, and they're doing their little dances and their victory parties, and the people at the Washington Post are saying, Mary impeachments, and they're posting about it on social media. They don't even pretend to care anymore, Mark. This has been going on since November 9th of 2016. Okay, the Washington Post was the first one to write it up 11 minutes after my father was inaugurated. And this is just the culmination of three years and change of absolute hate for a guy that's getting it done, for a guy that's not going by what the Democrats would like him to do, for a guy who's willing to fight back for you, for me, for all Americans, and putting up unprecedented results, Mark. They can't stand that because it's a disaster for their narrative of failed policies and idiotic, moronic plans that are not thought out, that make no sense both economically, mathematically, or intellectually. But that's all they have, Mark. They have nonsense, and they have a mainstream media who's willing to say that they can do no wrong because they, too, know nothing other than their leftist principles. It's truly a sad day for this country. It really is. And they will do as much damage to the Constitution as they can, but they're damaging themselves. I notice your father beats every Democrat head-to-head. It's early, but still, he beats every Democrat head-to-head nationally. And in these so-called battleground states, he's doing quite well against the Democrats. So this doesn't seem to be working, does it? No, it, it doesn't. And what's really interesting, and I mean, I see this through speaking to some of my friends who are involved. I mean, there are people who are reaching out to me that are never Trumpers. Okay, you know what? I'm done with, how do I donate? How do I get involved? How do I, like, this is insanity at this point, you know? Uh, it, it, I think it's going to backfire grossly. I mean, we did $8.1 million in, in a small fundraiser we put together at the last minute uh, last Friday. Uh, you know, people are coming out. They're getting involved. I think it's motivating our side. Uh, their side has only been motivated by hate, and that can be a powerful motivator at times, Mark, but our side is coming out, and they're motivated by facts. They're motivated by results. They're motivated knowing that this country under Donald Trump is going to be in a better position for themselves, for their families, for their children, and for their grandchildren in the future when we preserve the great liberties that this country was founded on. That's what my father has been doing. He's been doing it in an unprecedented fashion. Uh, and again, he's bringing out Republicans and making them willing to fight, which was so something we were not good at for so long, Mark. I mean, you know, I think the Republican Party for the last few decades, no one has been better at snatching defeat from the jaws of victory because they were just rolling over. You know, they turned the other cheek. And, you know, I understand the concept from the biblical sense, but it really hasn't done much for us politically. Sort of turning the other cheek every time someone wants to write a bad article about you, someone t- every time they try to hit you because you're not leftist enough, and all of the nonsense, the Republicans are finally pushing back on the nonsense that's been perpetrated by the far left which has totally taken over the Democrat Party. I I do want to make that distinction, Mark. This is not your grandfather's Democrat Party. This isn't even your parents' Democrat Party anymore. This is a far-left party. I know so many great, hardworking Democrats across the country, and many of them are reaching out to me saying the same thing, like, 
honestly, Don, I've, I've had enough with this nonsense. Like, you know, I see the results. I've been a Democrat, but it's mostly because of the tradition, you know, of, of being for working-class Americans. That party is long gone. That party doesn't exist anymore. That party really is now the Republican Party who's fighting for the men and women, the hardworking men and women of this country. Uh, and it's an amazing metamorphosis. It's great to see it happen. Uh, and I think 2020 is going to be a landslide for us. You may well be right. And uh, what, what do you make of these phony moderate Democrats in these Trump districts? Almost every damn one of them vote for impeachment. Weren't they frauds to begin with? They really were, but, you know, the reality is that, I mean, that's what the Democrat Party has done really well for decades, right? They sort of go in there, and they take someone who looks like they'd be conservative, they get them to say some things that are almost moderate, and then they get to D.C., Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi get a hold of them, and they become leftists. That's the real problem. If you look at some of these moderate Democrats, you say, oh, yeah, moderate Democrat, moderate Democrat, yeah, but then you look where their funding comes from. Okay, it's coming from the Hollywood liberals. It's coming from New York City. It's not coming from people in their districts. I put out a tweet yesterday. It was like something like half of those people, over 60 to 70 percent of their money was coming from way outside of their district and, frankly, way outside of their state. So, you know, it's all a marketing scam with the Democrats. That's really what it is. They've been very good at doing that. They get someone that looks the part and they act moderate and they pretend they're moderate. But then you look at their actual voting record, you're just like, I don't know, doesn't seem so moderate to me. You know, it's the Connor Lambs in Pennsylvania. It's those kind of guys. It's, wow, you're on paper. He really seems like he'd be a moderate. They're not moderates. They vote 97% of the time with the Democrat Party. They get indoctrinated by Chuck and Nancy. They're afraid to have an opinion beyond that because you've seen the left eat their own uh, as of late. If you, you know, if you take a little bit and you diverge from the talking points, uh, it's over uh, if you're on their side. And so, you know, they're not really moderates. They're just pretend moderates. And the media will make them seem like they're moderates. And I think now that people are getting involved in this process, now that people are educating themselves, they're seeing it, and now because the Republican Party is finally pushing back and saying the truth and what needs to be said, it's out there. People get it. They see it, and they realize there's nothing moderate about the Democrat Party anymore. They are leftists. They are socialists. They are extremists. Uh, and it's, you know, it was a big foundation of what I wrote about in, in my book, Triggered, because, again, I've experienced communism. My mother escaped from communism. I grew up there. I spent my summers in communist Czechoslovakia as a child. I can assure you there is a reason why the boats only go one way to America, Mark. Okay, it's not because those values, those principles, and you know, that socioeconomic uh, platform has worked anywhere. It has failed every time, and now the mainstream left has incorporated that to be a main talking point. It's no longer a fringe element. It's literally the way they want to go, and that is scary for our country, Mark. Don Jr., uh, the New York Times has a breaking story tonight that U.S. Attorney Durham is scrutinizing ex-CIA Director Brennan's role in the Russian interference findings to the point, they report, that uh, he is securing Brennan's emails, call logs, other documents from the CIA. That sounds pretty serious to me, doesn't it to you? It does, and it's about time. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, imagine conservatives at the top of these institutions were doing the things that they've done. I mean, and that's the big farce, right? You saw I.G. Horowitz, the report. The media is running. Well, there's no bias, and it's like, well, I don't. That's not what I got from the testimony. What I got from the testimony, and what was never made clear to the American people, was that he said, "Well, there was no bias at the start of the investigation, literally because no one actually used the word bias." I go, wait a minute. So you mean all of the actions, all of the things that they said, because they didn't say there was explicit bias, even though any reasonable thinking 
sentient being would realize that it was full of bias just because they said that that was the reason, and there was a very low bar to start an investigation. So fine, I'll give them that. That wasn't explained to the American people in the media. They just run around, oh yeah, no bias, there's nothing to see here, let's move on, let's pretend this didn't happen. I hope they go after these guys the same way they would if any member of the Trump campaign, any member of the Trump family, whether they were in politics or not, uh, what, what they tried to do to me, I want to see these guys scrutinized the exact same way. Okay, I went through it for three years. I was the number two target of the Mueller hoax. Okay? I'd like to see these guys held accountable for the things that they obviously did, and I'd like to see them looked into. And it's not just Brennan. You got McCabe, you got Strzok, you got Page, you got Comey. The list goes on and on. The, what happened to the top of these institutions, whether it be the CIA, whether it be the FBI, is a freaking disgrace. Okay? It is a disgrace, and the amount of people that have come up to me, because, you know, I'm a big shooter, competitive shooter, all these sort of things, you know, the circles uh, where I hang out really align, and the guys that are the door kickers, the guys that do the real work, the guys that I'm really proud of, the amount of those guys that come up to me and say that these people are a disgrace and a tarnish to their badge, and a tarnish to the great name of the reputation of institutions like the FBI, because of what they did, is outstanding. I, I, I hear it every day. We need to be able to get credibility back to those institutions. There needs to be some accountability for what went on, because they tried to literally perpetrate a coup on the American people, Mark. Mm -hmm. Last question. What kind of weapons do you shoot, or that, or are you really good at? Well, you know, I, I do it all. Uh, I do it all, but my, my big thing is, uh, you know, long range. So I do a lot of sort of precision shooting, precision rifle type stuff. I mean, you know, a lot of shotgun, a lot of, you know, practical pistol and these kind of things. I, I really do it all, but, uh, you know, my, I guess my passion is precision long range shooting. Very, very cool. All right, my friend, have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year. Take care of yourself. You as well. Best of the family. Thanks so much, Mark. And you too. God bless. Really good guy. And you can hear how smart he is. And the book is triggered. The book is triggered. I would strongly encourage you to get a copy for the holidays as well. It's a really good book. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. By the way, the Eagles are playing the uh, Cowboys. Did you know that this weekend? It's true. All right. Back to business. Although I've made the point repeatedly, haven't I, Mr. Producer? One of these days I'm going to do a sports show. I just don't want to do it with Stephen A. Stephen A will gobble me up. Not because he's stronger. He just knows this stuff. He's smarter than I am. At least on this. I got to go up against Max. What's his ass? What's his name? Kappelman? Kim Kellerman, yes. Story like, stories like these are further evidence of how Optima tax relief solves tough IRS problems. Eric fell five years behind with the IRS. Then boom, they froze his bank account and demanded money he didn't have. He called Optima tax relief. Optima took control, got his bank account released, and set him up with a plan that was hundreds of dollars a month less than the IRS initially sought. Problem solved. That's how Optima has resolved over a billion dollars in tax debt for hardworking Americans. Optima steps between you and the IRS to help stop aggressive collection actions, protect your assets, 
and get your life back. Call for your free consultation. Ask if you qualify for the Fresh Start Initiative. Because if you do, you could save thousands and get out from under your IRS nightmare. Call 800-499-6300. Mr. Producer, to whom shall I speak? Sarah in New York, the great WABC. Go. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I'd like to know if there's anything we can read on the procedural requirements for proceeding with an impeachment, because I've heard some say that the Senate cannot proceed until the House refers the articles, and I've heard others say that the Senate can decide to review the charges and either dismiss them or even acquit the president on the evidence that the House collected. Nobody knows, because nobody has been so arrogant and evil as Nancy Pelosi, no speaker, to pull what she pulled. So, to me, either is logical, so everybody's trying to show how smart they are. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, the Senate should just say, okay, you haven't sent us the articles, we can't hold a trial, this is null and void, and we're not messing around with this anymore. Yes, get rid of it. Right. You see? And that's the answer. Just get rid of it. She doesn't want to send it to you. Why hold a trial? Get rid of it. Even if, let's let's just play it out. Again, this isn't in the Constitution, but let's say they hold a trial. Without Nancy Pelosi sending the managers. You think that's going to solve anything? Oh, we didn't get our managers. There aren't any managers. There's the managers, and we'll hear this for three months. Just kill it. This is unconstitutional in every respect, from the way they investigated all the way through to the actual articles. And now this, this is damaging our constitutional system. It will empower the left because the Republicans will never do it in the House. They have a small majority in the House to bring down the government. Put an end to it. Well, may I just say that my Christmas present to myself is being able to ask a constitutional law question of a constitutional scholar. Aren't you you kind? Well, don't hang up. We're going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. Thank you very, very much. Very kind of you. And by the way, today's Thursday. Friday's my last day until next year. There's going to be a point at which you can't order things at the last minute, even with Amazon. So I want to strongly, hello, 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 strongly encourage you. To give unfreedom of the press as your big Christmas or a Hanukkah gift. Or even your little one. Put it there near your stocking stuffer. I'm going to tell you, it's a crucially important book. It is the number one political book of the year. Number one. It is the number one conservative book of the year. Number one. It is the number one press book of the year. Did I say number one? Five weeks in a row, number one on the New York Times bestseller list. And how many months? Over three months on their list. That's because all your fellow patriots have already acquired a copy, whether it's a hard copy, an e-book copy, an e-audio copy. So people who have a little trouble reading, you can get the audio version. People like to listen to it in the car sometimes. You can get the e-book vision, uh, version for people just like to have that e-book with them. I'm not one, but a lot of people do. Or get the hardback copy, which is what I do. But it's 41% off. I don't know why 41, not 42, or 40. It's 41% off. You don't even have to go to the bookstore. And by the way, Mr. Have you been to a Barnes & Noble lately? 
It's like they have a whole prayer session for the Obamas over there section. I've never seen anything like it. Stack after stack of Michelle Obama. Soft cover, hard cover, different books, different covers. Then you move on. There's Barack. Cover after cover after cover. It's like 15% of Barnes & Noble. The whole building is like a, 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 I don't know, a worship center to the Obama. I've never seen anything like it. Then I go up to the cash register. This is over Thanksgiving. Book after book after book. Howard Stern. Howard Stern. Howard Stern. I sold more books than Howard Stern. Then I go for my book. Where is it? I'm walking all the way to the back. I look at the show, current events. There's one copy on the shelf. Unbelievable. But Amazon has them. If you want to get them, you can get them immediately. We salute all you heroes out there. Thank you. And God bless you. Keep your chin up. I'll see you tomorrow. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. 